Well, praise the Lord, everyone. How are y'all this uh, beautiful day? Amen. You know what makes it a beautiful day? We're in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. And God bless you for being here. And uh, I know we have some that are that are leaving, and uh, and that's okay. We don't want anybody to feel uh, threatened on the highway or or, uh, or, or that, that are afraid. We had a lot of of our elders called in this morning and said they weren't going to be here uh, this morning, so that's okay. Amen. Amen. And so I'll just preach to the ones that are here. <coughs> Praise God. When, uh, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to uh, the book of uh, Matthew, chapter 8. Chapter 8, verses 5 through 13, what we're going to be looking at. We want to welcome our visitors today, uh, Ricardo and Elizabeth, right? And there's two boys, beautiful family up here. So thank God for them. Uh, I got a question before we get started. Uh, when we were singing on Jordan, Jordan Stormy Banks, I heard somebody singing Hallelujah. Who was that? <laughs> you know, what a beautiful addition to that song. They don't have any bass parts there to add on it. And I heard that and I thought, well, how? You know what? Uh, Sister Jean just sung that we've been, we've been called out. You know, we have been called out to be called up. <laughs> Amen. We, need, we have been called out so that we can we can be ready when Christ comes. We have been called out so that we can be filled with the Holy Spirit and do kingdom work for our Savior, Jesus Christ. We are called out to serve Him. We are called out to serve one another. We are called out to love Him with all of our heart and put Him first in our life. And then we are called out to serve and to love one another with that same heart that Christ has given us to love Him with. And so we need to, to remember that. We need to rejoice in that. And y'all, I'm going to tell y'all why. I don't know about the rest of you. But when the Lord comes and takes us up, I don't know how I'm really going to react when, when I'm up in there, but I guarantee you I'm going to be making some noise. And it ain't going to be afraid. It's going to be hallelujah, praise God. It's going to be rejoicing as we meet Him in the area. We're going to be called up to meet Him, the Bible says, forever. Hallelujah. If that don't get you excited, I don't know why I will. But you know what? We're given this time on earth to get to the point where that happens to us. And every day we stand on this earth and we're not rejoicing in Jesus Christ, we're wasting a day. Amen. Every day that we're on this earth and we're not in His will, we are wasting our time. Every day that we spend, that we don't speak to him and acknowledge him confess to him do whatever it takes to him to get back right with him we are wasting our time so we need to spend our time acknowledging his presence and being loyal and faithful to the commandments he has laid out before us and we need to have a good reason to do that for no other reason except one because we love him Amen. Amen. And we want to please Him. Amen. We're going to be talking today. I got, I'm got. i going to give this a message, a title. It's, it's called Humility and Faith. Humility and Faith. And I just pray that uh, the Lord would speak to our hearts. I wrote this, actually wrote this message. Uh, the date I have on it is March the 12th, 2021. So this message uh, is, was given to me huh, two years ago almost. Uh, actually, almost three years ago. 
So uh, bear with me as, 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 we, as we preach this today, as the Lord speaks to our hearts today. Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 13. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. I love that. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldst come under my roof. Speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goeth, and to another, come, and he cometh. And to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, not, no, not in Israel. And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and the west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the same hour. Father God, thank you for your beautiful word. Thank you for allowing us to have it in our possession. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us the ability to read it and study it and for filling us with the Holy Spirit so we can understand it and be led by that Spirit into obedience to it. Help us, O oh God, to be people of your word, but be people of obedience. Throughout history, God, in the Old Testament especially, and even in today's world, there are a lot of people who can quote the word, but quoting the word is not enough. Obeying the word is what you seek from us. So help us, God, to take every word from the Scripture and not apply it to someone else, but apply it to our own selves. That when we look in the mirror, we can say, Lord, I know, I heard, and I will obey, and I will do it because I love you. Please show us today from your word what you want us to hear, and we give you all the praise and all the glory. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We'll look at, at this scripture. This is a great example, not of just faith, but also of humility. Humility is something that's very important. The Bible tells us that without uh, this faith, that it is impossible to please God. That's what Hebrews chapter 11 says, that, that, that they that come to him must come to him believing him. And so that's what our faith is. But let me tell you something else. There's another thing called humility that God requires from us. There's a lot of ways that we live, that we act, that we do, that's not pleasing to God because we do it in, a, in, a, in, in pride, we do it in arrogance, and we're almost blasphemous against God and sometimes unknowing. Sometimes we don't even realize 
when we do these things that we're, that we're not doing things according to the plan of God and, the, and what God wants us to do. So here we have an example of this kind of humility and this kind of faith. And, and what we see in this scripture that it is very pleasing to God. It is very pleasing to Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, Jesus Christ was so pleased that he complimented a man, a mortal man, to the people that were around him and said, this is the way I want everyone to be. And he told them, he said, if you're not this way, the people who are this way are going to rejoice in my kingdom. But the people who reject this way are not going to be so fortunate. We need to hear that from the Word today. We need to hear Jesus and what He says. And we need to get off of this la-la land thing, fantasy that we've been taught over the years that, oh, you're saved, you, it's okay. No, that's not what the Scripture teaches us. We need to obey. We need to, to be led of the Spirit. We need to follow the Spirit. We need to follow Jesus Christ. And only those who are led by the Spirit, according to the Word, are the sons of God. Not anyone else. Only those led by the Spirit. Well, what does that mean? That means you hear the Spirit and you yield yourself to that Spirit. And what the Spirit, who knows the mind of Christ, is telling you to do, that's what we have to do. And we have to yield our own spirit to the Holy Spirit. And when we don't, and when our spirit takes over, we become fleshly and we become carnal and we get out of the will of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that those that are carnal are at enmity against God and we cannot please Him in the flesh. I want everybody to listen to that. Amen. And understand that. That we have to put self aside and we have to pick up our cross and follow Jesus Christ according to His way according to his plan and not our own plan. We don't get to remap God's plan for us. We stay in his will and in his plan. So Jesus has come to Capernaum here. Israel is in captivity to the Roman Empire at this time, but uh, the, the Israelites are allowed to stay in their land. And Jesus has just gotten through preaching the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, chapter 5 and, uh, through chapter 7 of Matthew is a sermon that Jesus preached and he covers a lot of categories. You need to every once in a while read these two chapters because according to the scripture uh, in, uh, in, in, uh, at the end of chapter 7 at the end of the Sermon on the Mount it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings talking about this sermon the people were astonished at his doctrine. And so this is a part of the doctrine of Jesus Christ that we need to know because we're here to preach that doctrine to you. We're here to hear the doctrine of Jesus Christ. My doctrine don't mean nothing. His doctrine means everything. Amen. So remember that. Everybody said, well, what is the doctrine? The Gospels are the doctrine of Jesus Christ and tells what he wants us to do, tells how we're supposed to act, how we're supposed to treat each other, what we're supposed to do, how we're to focus on certain situations and, and, and how we're to respond to certain situations, and not only that, how we're not supposed to respond Amen. to certain situations. Mm -hmm. Remember that. And so this is centurion. This centurion is, is, is a man of authority. 
He had over 100 soldiers are under his command. That's why he called a centurion. And, and the ma most famous centurion that we find in the scripture is found in Acts chapter 10. Somebody tell me why, uh, why this centurion named Cornelius is the most famous of centurions. <laughs> He was the, uh, the first recorded salvation of a Gentile who was filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And it was, it's important because Jesus' plan was always to bring salvation to the Gentile people. That's who we are. And so that's the one that, that sticks out to me. And some people, uh, scholars and Bible uh, authorities believe that this man in Cornelius is the same man. I'm not going to say that because this man is unnamed. It don't give his name. So I don't like putting putting uh, names and, and things. There are things that you can think about that may be possible, may be true, but we don't know that this is Cornelius, but a lot of them think that. And so the, 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 we can tell of his uh, humanity. We can tell of his humanity because he had a servant. Now, most people are taught in our history that the that owners of servants and people who don't, the people don't care nothing about them. That's not entirely true. That was true of some, but most people who had servants uh, were good to their servants, and and even in the slave days, some people were good to their slaves. And we don't like to to say that because they shouldn't have been slaves. And I agree with that. But they were good to their slaves, and a lot of times, even when they were freed, they would not leave their masters. Even, even uh, in Israel's history, in the Old Testament, we find that when a person purchased their own freedom, a lot of times they, we, they wouldn't leave. And so they had a method, and it was painful, where they would take the servant and put their ear against the door and drive an awl through it and put a, put a hole in their ear, and it, it, it made people recognize this, I am a servant by choice. Now listen to me. That's a picture of something. Because see, we, we don't have a hole in our ears, thank God, but we've got something in our heart that tells everybody that we are a servant to Jesus Christ because we want to be. Amen? Amen? It's called the Holy Spirit. So we have to have the Spirit in our heart to be able to do this. And so uh, he, he is a... Uh, 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 have great humanity because he came to Jesus on behalf of his servants. The most important man uh, of his household was this centurion, over a hundred soldiers, and he's worried about his servant. I think that's commendable, don't you? Amen. Amen. We're supposed to be worried about people, everybody. And so he, he cared for his people, this man did, and, and so he, he came, and this servant is very grievously sick. The Bible says here that that, his, uh, that the centurion was worried about this man, and it's a man, and, and that, uh, that he had what the scripture calls palsy. Brother Randy uh, preached on the, on the man that was let down, and he, isn't that what he had? He had palsy also. And, and, and this is a disease that paralyzes a person, and it progresses, as it progresses, it renders a person helpless and unable to walk and do things. So. Jesus replied to him when, when Jesus, you know, Jesus has got a way of when he sees somebody and he speaks to somebody, he knows all about them. Do you know he still does that? Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. You, you know why he could do that? He was not only Jesus the man, he was God in the flesh. Amen. And so he knew 
when he encountered people, he could read the thoughts. The scripture tells us over and over that he they were they were thinking things and he would tell them what they were thinking and question them. And so he could look at this man and he knew this man's heart. He knew this man's mind. And he knew this man was very sincere. And he knew this man was looking out for someone else other than himself. Jesus <coughs> admires that in everybody. Yep. Amen? Amen. He tells us in the word, deny who? <laughs> your neighbor? Deny your friend? Deny your friend? No. Deny your that means the things that we want to do because that's what we want to do we're supposed to put that on the back burner to what? to serve him and to help other people we are servants of God how many of you think a preacher is only servant in this house? oh I'm glad I don't see any hands up the preacher ain't the only one that's supposed to go visiting oh preacher's not the only one supposed to go to the hospital are you listening? <clears throat> Preacher's not the only one that's supposed to go out and witness and get people to come to church. Brother Jerry and Sister Susan has this beautiful family here. They invited them here. That's who we are. We're all supposed to be a part of that. And we do it for one reason. Because we love Jesus Christ. Amen. And we want to see other people come to Him. And so when you look at this, and Jesus, Jesus looked at this man, as, as soon as this man said this, he was worried about another person, and, and saying, Lord, uh, Lord, my servant, life and home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus didn't ask any questions. You know what he said? I'll just come heal him. Wow, that's cool, isn't it? Yeah. You know, Jesus is waiting on us to come to him this way. It is. You know, the, the greatest prayer you'll ever pray is for someone else. Amen. When you come to the Lord on behalf of another person to lift them up to the throne, Jesus pays attention. Amen. Amen. We do need to pray for ourselves. Because we need to keep ourselves holy and pure before God. We need to stay forgiven under the blood, clean, white, so we can do these things. But when we come to, to Jesus, oh, how many of you ever pray for someone else? Mm -hmm. I hope you have. I hope you do it all the time. Because we need to learn how to do that. And Jesus just simply said, okay, I'll come and heal him. And I want you to look what the centurion says. Now this is called humility. Think about this. Look what he says in verse 8. I am not worthy. I am not worthy. A commander of a hundred soldiers looked at Jesus Christ and said, I am not worthy for you to even come under my roof. Let me tell you something. We need to get off a high horse. We need to get off our pedestal. <coughs> We're none of us worthy. Not a single one of us are worthy. And Jesus knew it when he died for us. 
But he did it anyway. Such wondrous love. No man can know the love of God for every foe. People who hate God, he loves them. The people who crucified our Savior, he loves them. He acknowledged it from the cross. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Humility. Faith without works, according to James, is dead. Being alone, well, I got something to add to that. And I'm not adding to the scripture. This is something plain in the scripture. We must be humble with our faith. That's why we never need to proclaim God said I can do it and I'm fixing to do it. That's arrogance. Don't ever do that to God. Humble yourself. The Bible says humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Because we can't do anything on our own. Only He can heal. Only He can forgive. Only He can save a soul. Amen. Not us. So when we look at this scripture and we see the first thing that Jesus noticed from this man was his sincerity, his humanity, and now his humility. If there was anybody that had a, a reason to be arrogant, it would be a Roman centurion soldier. But this one wasn't that way. He had heard of Jesus. He had found Jesus because he loved his servant and he wanted him healed. Yes. Amen. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm going to read y'all some scripture. I want y'all to, to really listen to these scriptures. I'm going to start in Proverbs chapter 6. The Bible tells us bluntly that the Lord is not pleased with arrogance and pride. Arrogance and pride are the direct opposite of humility. Amen? Amen? Arrogance and pride are the exact opposite of humility that the Lord respects, admires, and loves in all of us. Amen? That's the only way we can submit. So let's look in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 through 19. And I want, I want you to listen to what the Bible says here. And I want you to look at what the Bible calls this stuff. It says in verse 16 of chapter 6, Proverbs, These six things doth the Lord hate. Now you have preachers tell you the Lord ain't is incapable of hating. He don't hate people. He hates the ways of people. The attitudes of people. And that's what's going to bring wrath upon people. Amen? Amen? And it says, These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea. Even seven. Now listen to what he calls this. Seven are an abomination to God. Now I want you to pay attention because we like to use the term abomination when it comes to homosexuality. We like to, to, to talk about abomination when we there's things that's so obvious that are against God, but the things that aren't so obvious are also abominations. The things that we ourselves do can be abominations 
to God. So when you speak over another person and their lifestyle is an abomination, you might ought to look in the mirror and look at these things and say, am I an abomination to God? We never need to put ourselves up above, man. We need to stay low. I'm going to show you a scripture that supports that. Uh, uh, matter of fact, I'll just read it to you now. Found in Matthew chapter 23, 12. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. Well, the moment you think the church can't function without you, you're exalting yourself. Amen. And when you get to thinking like that, he will put you back. <laughs> because that's what he says in his word. He says, shall himself be abased and he that shall humble himself shall what? Be lifted up by God. Be exalted. So let's look at these back in, in Proverbs. I, I just get all carried away. The scripture is so plain. These seven things are an abomination to him. Things he hates. Look at the first one. A proud look. Now what does that mean? <laughs> I'm sorry, that's our guest. <laughs> that's a proud look where you think you're holier than anyone else. Amen. You think you know more than anyone else. Everybody believes you're the peon. That's a proud look. Amen. And sometimes these kind of folks don't even have to open their mouth till you already know it. Amen? A proud look. The Bible says, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall. That's what God will do to those spirits, by the way. You know why? Because they're an abomination to Him. They're a direct opposite of who He is and who He wants me and you to be. We are supposed to be like Jesus Christ. And we want to make, you know what's going on in the world today? We're trying to make Jesus Christ like us instead of trying to make ourselves like Him. Amen. And we say, well, He was a man. He got mad. Yeah, and He never sinned. While He was doing it. Think about that. And so this proud look, here's another one. A lying tongue. And hands that shed innocent blood. Amen. He don't like the, 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 the murderers or the abomination. Can he save them? Yes. But here, I think it speaks more of the killing of the innocents. Amen. And we have a lot of that going on in our world today. They kill baby after baby after baby. God help us. Hands that shed innocent blood. There's going to be an account for all that. A heart. Now listen to this. A heart that deviseth wicked imaginations. You sit and plan how I can get to another person. How I can do away with them or get them cast aside or do this. Wicked imagination. An abomination to God. You don't stop there feet that be swift and running to mischief. Someone who stirs. 
Someone who sees something wrong and go and gather up the army to come fight this because it's a self-righteous, it's a righteous cause. It's not. It's a self-righteous cause. An abomination to God. Are you listening? This is the word of God. Not the word of Gary. I'm reading it right out of the word. An abomination to God. Someone who's swift and running to mischief. A false witness that speaketh lies. And he that soweth discord amongst the brethren. An abomination to God. There's a time to speak. There's a time to keep silence. There's a time to stand. But there's a time to run. There's a time to confront. And there's a time not to do it. Amen. Amen. We have to rely on the Spirit of God and the Word of God to tell us the battles we choose to fight. God will never bless you to sin. Amen? Amen. <laughs> he ain't going to do it. You don't get blessed in your sin. You get you. You know what happens? Is there's another proverb that says, "He that diggeth the pit will fall in it." All this scheming and conniving, and we're going to do this. We're going to change this. We're going to, we're going to get our way. You'll fall in that pit if you ain't careful. Amen. And the Lord will see to it. Listen to the word of God. Jesus made it plain. You know, we like to use Old Testament commandments. And commandments are still in effect. I agree. But the Bible tells us that Jesus came to fulfill the law and that the Gentiles are not under the law. Why? We're under grace. Hallelujah. And we take advantage of that so we think. We abuse that. And we, we teach people, all oh, you sin and all you want to do, grace covered. No, won't. Not with that attitude. Because you're already an abomination to God because you think that way. Amen. And you believe that way. God help us. Jesus made it plain in, in, in uh, his Sermon on the Mount, verse 38 of chapter 5. It's no longer an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. In other words, getting even ain't what I want you to do. This man was humble. This man was full of humility. This is what humility looks like. The scripture goes on to tell us, James chapter 2 verse 20, For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. You know how much God, you know how much God help, needs your help to promote wrath? Y'all, we're studying Revelation. He ain't giving men to do what he's doing. He's doing it all on himself. And what he does is way worse than what men you can do to one another. He don't need us. He don't need our self-righteous indignation. He don't need us to promote wrath and do it in his name. He don't accept that. And so he, he, he tells us in his word, the wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. Romans 12 and 19, and I've got to move on. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves. In other words, don't get even. What? 
We, we need to start reading this word right here. Next time you feel like getting even, just go to your concordance or type it in in your Google. What does the Word of God say about what I'm fixing to do? Getting even. Boom. Mm -hmm. Scripture after Scripture after Scripture after Scripture. Word after word after word after word. Telling you, don't do it. God's not pleased with it. And yet we'll say... <clears throat> Yeah, but I'm righteous in my cause. I'm right and wrong. <laughs> well, now you're saying God's not right. That's right. Mm -hmm. That He's wrong. Think about that. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Churches have been destroyed over these things. Mm -hmm. When God telling us all the time, don't act this way. Don't do these things. Amen. God help us to be the... Y'all, I'm going to tell you, I have been guilty of these very things. We all have that. Amen. Does that make it right? No. Does that make us cohesive because we've all done wrong? No. It does not. But you know what? Sometimes we've got to stop and think, I don't need to. What should we do then when we won't feel this way? There's a simple solution. We put it in His hands. Amen. Amen. Hey, Lord, you know how I feel right now. You know how mad I am right now. You know how upset I am right now. And you know that if I do it my way, I'm going to sin. Right. So, Lord, I want to put it in Your hands. Yeah. He said, "Cast all your cares on Me, because I care for you." place your burden on me. He died for that purpose. And God, when you do that and you start praying for those people, God is the only one who can change them or you. Well, we try to make our puny feeble attempt at doing it. We just make a mess. Amen? I made a mess a lot of times. It's high time to give it to the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what? You remember what we studied in our Christmas uh, sermons about Mary? What convinced her? She was already humble. Why God picked her? But when that angel said, with all things, all things are possible with God, she said, I'll do it. Hallelujah. Listen to me. There is nothing impossible for God to do. Amen. Nothing. So why are we so hesitant about letting Him do what He can do and us getting out of His way? Why do we do that? Because we have the flesh. And we have our carnality. And we don't have enough faith in God to let Him take care of us. When we do things like that, it is a sign that our faith is dropped. Amen? It's a sign that we have little faith in Jesus Christ. He can do anything. Matter of fact, he goes so far to say that without me, you can do nothing. Doesn't he say that? So we have to allow him 
to, to, to show us what to do and do it. And he's never going to show you anything that's contrary to these things that are abominations to him. Amen. You say, well, the Lord told me to do this, and you go in there and make a mess of it. No, he didn't tell you to do that. That's an abomination to him. Why would he tell you to commit abomination? And these are the attitudes and the thoughts of people that he's dealing with. And that's the reason that all through time, men's hearts and the imaginations of his mind have never changed. They remain the same even today. That's why the Word of God applies to every generation. Because he deals with the hearts and minds of people. And he says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. He also said that men's hearts are on evil continuously. That's why he destroyed the first world. We still have those things that go on. But we have Him that has died for us that to fill us with His Spirit so we don't do those things. i got to move on. Spend way too much time here. We need to learn to be humble. You remember that old country song that guy wrote that time? Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. And a lot of people look at themselves as perfect in every way. And you can't be humble when you feel that way. Amen. So now his, his, his humility has come in. I'm not worthy, Lord, for you to come. I'm not worthy to, for you to enter into my, my uh, house. And, and so he, he, he begins to, to, uh, to, uh, to talk to, to the Lord some more. The Lord began to, to talk to him. He, he, he explained to him, I'm a man under authority. I, 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 I know that all you have to do is give the word and it will happen. That's faith. Amen. And when he said that, look at what Jesus did. Jesus heard it. He marveled. That means this man, this Gentile man, who was filthy to all those the people that was following him, because they were Jewish people. And Jesus said, I marvel at In other words, I am at awe at this man. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we spent every day trying to awe Jesus? Amen. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we spent every day trying to make him marvel at our humility, at our faith, how we believe, how we trust? Wouldn't it be wonderful if we lived every day personally, ourselves, that today I'm going to wow Jesus. That sounds arrogant, don't it? The scripture says it can be done. It's not like the only time he marveled at people for their great faith. <coughs> Amen. Without faith it is impossible to please God. And then he said this centurion believed that Jesus could do that. It's almost like the centurion knew Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. But those that come to the Lord must believe that He is. And He is a reward of those who diligently seek Him. This man believed that and the scripture hadn't been written yet. <laughs> Praise God. Now you know why it was written, don't you? This, you've got a picture of why these scriptures were written. And when the, when the Holy Spirit entered into the people who wrote the letters and stuff in the New Testament, He, he, he was... The mind of Christ and the things he knew about the Lord, he was instructing them to write and instruct on these things. And this is one of these scriptures you know the Holy Spirit used when they wrote 
Hebrews chapter 11, the people of faith. Verily he said, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. He was talking to the Jewish people who he had come to, who he had come from. They still don't believe this, by the way. Amen. They still don't believe this. And, and I say unto you that many shall come from the east and the west and shall not sit down and shall sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Praise God. He gave them a compliment. People like this are going to come from every corner of the world because salvation is going to come to all men, mm -hmm. not just the Jews. And they're going to come from everywhere. We studied that in Revelation here a while back. The scripture said that they came before him a countless number. And they came from the east and the west and the north and the south. They came from every nation, every kindred and every tongue. This is the result of what Jesus Christ did for us. This is the result of what those 12 apostles that he picked. The result of 120 people getting filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. This is the result. And they went from thousands to millions and millions upon millions of people who mm -hmm. believe in Jesus Christ. Amen. But we're not perfect. Right. But we need to try to be. And when we do those things that the Scripture expressly tells us not to do, we need to back off and don't do it. Let God work. Let Him work. Let Him show us what He can do, who He is, and how He can handle things. And let me tell you what. He will always work for one purpose. And that is to reconcile someone back to His Father. The spirit of reconciliation, Paul says, He has given to us who belong to Him. Not to destroy, not to run off, not to quit, but to do it and let him handle it. Amen. Believe it. Do you believe it? How many of you believe Jesus can do anything? He said he could. Amen. You believe it? Well, let's let him. Let's let him do these things. Let's let him be our God. Let's wow him with what we believe and what we're willing to do. And let's all join together when that when he splits that eastern sky and that trumpet sounds and the shout of the archangel. I don't know about y'all. I want to be marveling Jesus about that time. And since I don't know when it's going to be, I need to set my sights on doing that every day. Amen. He said, I'm coming back. I'm going to come back for a people who's waiting and watching for me. Amen. Scripture tells us to pray. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. And then he gives a, a, a something that he needed those people to hear. But the children of the kingdom, talking about Israel, shall be cast out into outer darkness. Why? They don't believe. They have no humility. They have no faith. And they will not listen to Jesus. You know what? There's going to be two categories of people in the end. You know who they're going to be? Those who believed and those who rejected. That's what it's going to be. It's going to boil down to that simple thing. Those who believe and those who reject. Those who believe will be with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, just as Jesus promised. Those who reject, they're not going to be so lucky 
they're going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. They're going to be in outer darkness and they're going to be cast there by a righteous judge. The same one they rejected will be the one who judges them and casts them out. Y'all, we need to be serious. Everybody in this room, everybody that I have talked to in the last several months, matter of fact, in the last couple of years, we have seen things spiral downhill. We're seeing things that we thought we would never see before. We got these two young men sitting here. They're born and raised in a time when good has become evil. And evil, it's Brother, it's your, it's your responsibility to teach them that's not true. Amen. How can you do it without Jesus? How can you teach them if you don't know what to teach them, what to tell them about the Word of God? Teach them the Word of God and teach it in truth. And don't live a phony life in front of them. Let them see how you are when you worship and let them see how you are at home and let them see Jesus be the head of the house everywhere you go. Where's the church house of your house? Jesus came to save lost humanity and to give us the power to obey Him. And He does. And He will. And He will continue to do those very things. I guess the question is today, these things that we have studied, and y'all, it's a short list. I'm telling you, go look. Those things that God don't like. Woo. Man. You, you, there's more of that than the rest of it. It's on every page just about. Where people take everything in their own hands and do not rely on God. Do not wait on God. Always make a mess when we do that. Let's be the people of God. Let's be the people who are called by His name. The most precious name ever uttered is Jesus. Jesus. Say, God, the soon coming King. Did you believe that He's preparing a place for me in here right now? He is. He's preparing a place, and here was His promise. I go away to prepare a place. And if I go to prepare a place, I will come back and receive you into myself, and I will take you where I am. Oh, hallelujah. Wouldn't it be horrible for that to happen and we get left behind? Because of our arrogance and our pride, because we have made ourselves an abomination to God. Instead of a son or a daughter. It's up to me and you. Up to me to take care of my part. It's up to you to take care of your part. Yeah. Are you doing what it takes? Would you stand? Please bow your head and close your eyes. Now these altars are open for prayer. When we get ready to overcome ourselves, we have to do it on our knees. 
our flesh and our carnality is way too powerful. So we have to submit those things to God. That's what he means by putting yourself under the mighty hand of God. He can overcome your inability to focus and to believe. When the disciples felt they needed more faith to understand Christ more, you know who they asked for that faith? They asked Jesus. Lord, increase our faith. That's a prayer we all need to pray. I pray it routinely. Lord, I need your grace. Lord, I need your power. Lord, increase my faith. Lord, fill me with your spirit. I, I, need, I need to be full again. I need, would you come to these altars and pray that prayer today for your own self? Lord, fill me. Lord, increase my faith. Lord, help me to trust you. Come to the altar and put the things that are bothering you so bad. Say, Lord, I can't do this on my own. I put it in your hands. Are you willing to do that today?
is about you and him. This invitation is almost over. Just sit down just briefly and I'm fixing to let you go. I promise. Sit down just briefly. We need to, to make up our mind right now uh, we, uh, if we want to have a service tonight. Uh, the drizzling rain's already started here. Uh, so uh, I'm going to kind of just leave it up to everybody. Uh, I'm ready. Uh, but you know, if, if people don't feel safe getting on the road tonight, especially because it's always after dark when we get through, uh, the forecaster said it wasn't supposed to start till 8 o'clock, and people were talking about coming in on their way in, drizzling on their windshield, turning into ice. So I just want to ask your opinion. We'll do what the church wants to do. Uh, somebody say something. I'd be here. You'll be here? Okay, I'll be here and whoever wants to come, come, and whoever don't, don't. <laughs> Just be, take it on yourself. You know how good you can drive and whether you can drive it or not, and you can pay attention before church starts. And uh, we start early, we start at five. And uh, so, uh, okay, thank you. Well, you got the roads pretty well. well. Pardon? Uh, we've got the roads pretty well saturated, so I yeah. think they'll be all right until okay. it really gets bad. Yeah, I don't think the ground's going to freeze in the day. Yeah. We're just talking about three days of this, so it may freeze before COVID, but I think wind is supposed to get up to about 50 degrees. So anyway, this is East Texas, you know. Okay, that's all I need to know. Uh, thank y'all for being here today. Uh, Brother Sam, would you dismiss us, please? Lord, you know about the weather. We just pray that you might be merciful. Give everyone safe travel, grace, and get out of the road, wherever our destination may be. Lord, you've heard the prayer request that's been made today. Both and also, you know, every heart, every need. We just ask you to be merciful and be with us in several ways. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. amen.